Can we just give him praise and worship him right now? There is a strong spirit right now in this house. Can we just entertain that spirit? If you want to clap your hands, lift your hands, but can we all entertain the strong spirit of the Lord right now? God's spirit wants to minister to someone right now at this moment. Just let the power of the Holy Ghost do what it wants to do. Can we just say holy? Can we just say holy unto the Lamb? Can we just tell Him that He's worthy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise You, Jesus. We praise You, Jesus. It's moments like this right here where God comes down in our chaos and just says, just keep looking the right direction. Just, just keep looking. Just keep looking up. Many times in our life, we, we, we get locked in on this level. And any time we get locked in on this level, we cannot win. But when we lift our eyes, the Bible talks about under the hills. There is strength when we look up. It's very interesting in the Old Testament whenever he told, he told Moses to put that, that serpent on that pole. And those that would look up would be healed. Those that would look up. I honestly believe there were people that died because they just simply did not look up. And in this day and time, with everything going on around us, saints, people, guests, whoever you are, just keep looking up. Keep looking up. It's always a privilege to be here. I, I thank God for the opportunity uh, to, to be back in this pulpit. A lot has happened since 2018, the last time that I was here. Uh, I give honor to uh, the senior pastor couple of this church, the Shaws. They are definitely worthy of that. They're definitely worthy of that. We have been friends a long time. We've shared a lot of similarity in our, in our uh, ministry path, I guess we could say. And God has raised him up uh, to speak way beyond this church. And we're very thankful for that. His last book is just amazing. It's blessing a lot of people. You know, it's one thing to be a scholar, and it's another thing to be a scholar with experience. God, there's a lot of scholars, but, but what we need to hear from is we need to hear from apostolic scholars who actually have experience in the trenches. And, and this is the, the man that, that leads this, this church, and I thank God for that, his friendship and the kingdom impact he has. Second Kings, the fourth chapter, um, there's only been one other time that the Lord has spoken directly for me to share this with a church. And um, I don't have as many scripture as I usually have in a message. Matter of fact, we're going to read most of them right here at the front. Second Kings 4, 1 through 7. 
Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. It came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed or it stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. And I want to share with you today from this simple topic, activate, activate. I, I do believe, I do believe that I, I'm standing here in the will of God today. I do believe that this word is for this church. And I'd like for us to just take a moment and ask God to give us personal revelation and, and open our spirits. No matter if this is the first time you've ever walked into new life or if you've been here for decades, can we ask God to give us revelation? Father, we come, we thank you for the opportunity together together we thank you for the worship we've already experienced in your presence but father you know you know the steps that every one of us need to take to either be born into the kingdom or to continue to walk in the kingdom and i'm praying for every human that is inside this building and those that could be watching by way of internet give us revelation in Jesus' name. And can the church say amen? amen? Amen. God bless you as you're seated. I just read a story, and the story is a very, a very desperate story. We have this, this widow that she's not only a widow, she is a mother. The situation is literally dire. The events of life had, had cut through every level of who she was. Uh, many of us have been there. There are those, no doubt, that are there today. Uh, whenever I heard pastors speaking about those that, that we've lost from this congregation and now facing this season uh, for the first time without them, I know what that's like. Um, I know I know what it's like visiting the caskets of of family members, and you face situations like that, and like many others, and it's just easy to uh, 
to face it in a way that if we're not careful how we face it, we literally can even go lower than intended. When, when torpedoes hit our life, it's, it's quite an interesting situation. And she found herself in that situation. Her God-fearing husband had passed away. And along with that went her security. But it even became worse because now, because of debt, she is, she is faced with losing now her two sons because of the debt. In these days, banks can repossess your house. In those days, you could lose your children. And so when I think about this, and I think about the old saying, adding insult to injury, she, she was living it. And so she's faced with a situation where the sons had to be saved and the situation demanded activation and the verdict was in and there was absolutely no time to waste. It's in her face and this loss is going to be of great magnitude. I don't remember God ever giving me a message that, that he led me to, to share the message in a series of questions. But this is that message. And so here, here we go. When we consider this desperate, distraught widow mother, the first question I will bring today is this. How valuable was a word from God? How valuable was a word from God? I'm talking about a word from God when, when it was the only answer. There were no other options. My connections now aren't working. My, my money's not going to fix this one. Who I know, I'm not going to be able to pull strings. The strings are gone. And at this point, when her back was against the wall, she realized... She had to have a word from God. Have you been there? There are those that are even there right now. And it's during these times that we cannot make the mistake of looking for answers in all the wrong places. When you're in these kinds of a situation, it's a fatal mistake to search other books it's, it's not going to do any good to consult a different person. Googling, how can I find peace? Or how can I find fulfillment? And if you are doing that, I'm not, I'm not talking down to you. I know that, that people get in desperate situations. And desperate people do desperate things. But how long will, will we add pressure to even those around us trying to get answers from a source that they cannot answer you? Even, even dealing with family members through situations. There's, 
You know, I'm, I'm there for them. There's, there's a couple of situations now I'm involved with where people's worlds are turned upside down, and I'm there for them. I'm, I'm there for them every day, either through talking or through text, and sometimes multiple texts. I'm there for them, but there's only so much I can do. And what happens is, is when we get into these situations, many times we, we crash human relationships expecting from a human what can only come from God. And so there are times when, when people will love us and they will see our pain, but, but they're not God. And, and nothing else is going to work but a word from God. Connection with God. We, we need to love people. We need to be there for people. Absolutely. But we also need enough wisdom to know whenever we've gone as far as we can go to where we can look at people and say, I wish I could be your answer. I wish that I could go another yard. I'm, I'm going to be here. I love you. But you've got to get a word from God. You've got to get a word from God. And so learning to hear the voice of God must be cultivated in our lives. This is why eliminating any noise in our life that is disrupting the God signal is of predominant importance. This is the reason why we have to be people who can hear from God. You, we've got to make sure that we eliminate any noise in our life that is affecting the signal. When I was pastoring, a man came to me, and he was asking me and, and about advice, and he was getting ready to make a major decision. And uh, he asked me, he said, how long do you think I should fast for this decision? I said, the size of this decision and how it's going to impact the future of your family. You need to drink water until the room is spinning. Because then at least your flesh will be dead and you will be able to hear what God is saying. Do you think it always takes something so drastic? Well, for people that are living self-absorbed lives, yes. For carnal people, yes. Now, the prophet T.W. Barnes once said that he could accomplish more in, uh, on a three-day fast than most people could in 21 days. And he said, the reason why is, is every day I tell myself no about something. Every day I, I tell myself, no, you're not going to do that. Just to make sure that, that he was, was staying in that flesh war. But I'm telling somebody today that whenever I ask this first valuable question, how important was a word from God in this woman's life? I'm telling somebody today... The word of God is important. You need to hear a word from God. You need to quit trying to figure it out. And I'm even talking to veterans like myself in the apostolic life. We've got to hear from God. We've got to shut down some of the other voices 
I, I'm obviously the evil voices, but there are some people that, that they just go from one podcast and one YouTube message and this, or call people they know, well, this person's using that gift, well, this person's used in that gift, well, I'll call them, do you have a word? I'll call them, do you have a word? Listen, that's fine. I'm happy about everybody's gifting. But at some point in our lives, we have to individually learn how to position ourselves in a manner that we individually can get a word from God. So how important was a word from God for this woman? The second question I will ask is how valuable was the man of God? How valuable? How valuable was a man who could hear exactly what God was saying and, and share it no matter how odd? We're in 2021, and I would probably now say it like this, no matter how crazy. How crazy did it sound? Go borrow a bunch of vessels. That sounded absolutely crazy. But here's the interesting thing. The principles of God and the way that God works, he's not changing it because of our culture. He's not running his word through the Western civilization culture. We're not going to westernize God. And so when we look at this and we look about at the value of a man of God, whenever God spoke this word to me, I started thinking about the six pastors that I have had in my life from a little boy and until now. And I'm very blessed to be able to say that Jeremiah 3.15 describes all six of the pastors that I have had and they describe your pastor today. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I know well that there are bad pastors. I know well there are abusive pastors. There are, there are cheaters in pulpits. There are sexual abusers in pulpits. I, I got this. I could even give you some names. But I can say with confidence that for every bad one, there's a lot of good ones. I can say that with, with confidence, that, that yes, there are some wolves in sheep's clothing, but, but let's not drag what happens in other pulpits into the scope and start running our man of God through this story and that internet story and this story over in the apostolic church in this area or another. I can't imagine a world without pastors. I don't even want to think about a world without pastors. I don't want to think about a world without the fivefold ministry. I don't want to think about a world without apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I don't even want to think about that. You take the fivefold ministry out of this world and you've got a place like we've never seen before. And so when we're talking about our pastor and pastors that we have. This is the reason why that they must be covered in prayer every day. This is the reason why they must be covered in prayer every day. 
This is the reason why their, their families must be covered in prayer every day. I'll tell you why it is. Because there are spirits loose today that are targeting authority in general. If we can't see that in our world, then we're all blind. But not just authority in general, but apostolic authority in particular. And I, and I will tell you, you may not always agree with your pastor. But why don't you back up a minute and why don't you put a, try to put a value on a man of God that is praying every day and seeking God every day and is doing what he can do. We haven't had private conversation. He hasn't sent me up here to give a word like this to the church. I know what's going on. I travel all the time now. I have for six years. I'm in the lives of these pastors. I'm seeing what's happening in churches. I'm seeing what the spirit of the world and the battle of the spirit of the world trying to get in to disrupt apostolic churches just like it now has our entire world disrupted. And that's the reason why I ask how value, how valuable is a man of God that, that will plaster on a smile when you have no idea what all he's been going through and week after week will walk to this pulpit and deliver a word and try to connect you closer to God. How about put a value on that? You cannot put a value on the word of God and you cannot put a value on the man of God. But when we look at this and we see what this woman was losing, how important was that man of God? He was priceless. Well, when we look at this, didn't we ask another question? And that question is, how valuable is oil? Well, we, we know that in this world it is a very valuable commodity, but it's been valuable for many, many years. In Matthew 25, we see the story of the wise and the foolish virgins. We see that the deciding issue in being wise and foolish had to do with oil. We see that morality was not enough by itself. We see that they had to be moral. They had to be virgins to even be in position to, to possibly be chosen. But we see that that was not the final thing. The final thing was oil. And this desperate widow mother, she, she turned her focus toward one thing, and it was all she had left, and it was oil. What arrested her attention that day, saints of new life, guests of new life, needs to be what arrests our attention today, and that is oil. Where are we in our life with the oil of the Spirit? You can believe that it was the difference maker then, and it's going to be the difference maker today. There's another vital question, and I only have this one and one more, and that, that is how valuable were vessels? So the direction was given. It's a fresh word from God. Let's get vessels, not a few. And, and so now the plan goes public. Now it's not just a situation that, that we have a word from God and, and it's just now between me and the man of God or the woman in, in that story and the man of God. Now it goes out into the open. 
And so she goes, and she goes to the neighbors, and she goes to her friends and her family, and she's just saying, I've got to have vessels. Uh, the man of God said, I need vessels. Well, what are you going to do with them? I'm just borrowing them. I'll bring them back. But I've got to have vessels. I've got now, now I understand how you can help me. You can't fix it, but you can help me loan me your vessels. And that's exactly what they did. And then we get to the last question. And that question is how valuable was activation? How important was it for her to take action with what she had? How important was it for her to do something that was within her realm to do? And this is a biblical principle that many people, when we're embattled, when, when we're pressured, when we're pushed down, we too quickly think there's nothing that we can do. We see this biblical principle all the way through the Word of God. The children of Israel needed deliverance, and Moses was the answer. But he had to activate what was in his hand. He had a rod in his hand. But it had to be activated. The armies of God are being taunted by, by a champion. And David was the answer. And all he had to do was use and activate what he had in his hand. The multitude was hungry. A little lad was the answer. Why? Because of what the lad had in his hand. But he had to activate that. Jesus was in the house, and worship was, was, was needed. It, he, he's worthy of worship. And a lady brings an alabaster box. So what is the answer? Do we all save up enough money and buy an expensive alabaster box? Is that the reason why he said, wherever the gospel is, is preached, tell what this woman did? Uh, is it because of the expense of that? That's not the reason, but the reason is clearly told. He said, she hath done what she could. So we are looking at situations where we must simply do what we can do with what we have right now in our hand. You don't need something else in your hand. I don't need something else in my hand. Well, God, I could be used by you if, or this would work out if. And no, we start with exactly what we have in our hands. We have got to step into a place now to where we allow the Spirit to activate who we are, what we are, where we are, and what we have like right now. You say, well, preacher, you don't know a lot about me because I'm a mess. I, I mean, I, I was doing this last night. I was doing... No, you need to allow the Spirit of God to activate, to help you come be, become activated where you are and take that next step into the kingdom of being born again of water and of spirit. We've got to allow the Spirit to activate us where we are right now and quit waiting. 
Now, I trust that this will not be offensive from this point of my message to the end. But I believe that the Spirit of God has been speaking to me in a major way. And here goes a few of the things that the Spirit has been saying to me. The apostolic church, especially churches like this, that have been around for decades, that has no telling what put in the foundation and all the many ministries and all the history. It is time for churches like this to be spirit-activated to where we're more concerned about the lost being saved than the saved being happy. I'm not trying to be offensive. But it's time for us to be more concerned about the lost being saved than the saved being happy. If you're a guest here today, please do not make your decision on this church based on a guest minister. Please come back. But I'm speaking to churches. God has given me a word for churches just like this. That we're getting so focused on the barn and not the field. We are so focused on the barn and shining the equipment and focusing on the equipment that we've got to understand that the reason for the barn is the field. And to, and, and to understand that, that the purpose of Jesus Christ, he said, I came to seek and to save the lost. I came to destroy the works of the devil. I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And we will not be fulfilled. We will not be the people that God intends us to be until we get focused on what he was focused on. We've got to be spirit activated to where our vision is elevated above the local church to the kingdom. The kingdoms are in conflict. The kingdoms of this world are in conflict with the kingdom of God. And many apostolic churches are focused on a level under that to where it's just the local church on competition and comparison. And so here we are in a day when the kingdoms are in conflict and many local churches are focused on competition and comparison. People comparing themselves and competing within the church. Families comparing and competing within the church. Ministries comparing and competing within the church. And then we start comparing and competing with other apostolic churches around us. Then we start competing and comparing with denominational churches around us. Well, we have this and they don't. Well, they have that and so we need it. And well, this church, well, we're seeing on Facebook that that apostolic church is doing that. So we need to let our pastor know, hey, you had not seen this. This would be a great idea. We need to do this. And so it's competition and it's comparison on a lower level when the kingdoms are in conflict. And so we lock in on a human level and we're forgetting that we wrestle not against flesh and blood.
But we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against spiritual darkness. In what? In high places. And so we've got to be spiritually activated to the point that we say, I'm very thankful for this local church. I'm very thankful for what God has given us. But this local church is nothing more than a satellite of the kingdom. The church had a birth date in Acts. It'll have an exit date at the rapture. But Psalms 145 tells us that the kingdom is everlasting. That the kingdom is forever. The kingdom always has been. The kingdom always will be. The local church is a satellite of the kingdom of God. And the local church has got to position itself under the king and the kingdom. We have got to be activated to where this beautiful structure that we have is a true house of prayer. And there's a major difference in a house of prayer and a house with prayer. It's got to be a church of the word and worship and fellowship and equipping and sending. That's what the local church has to be. And an apostolic church will either be an equipping church or it will be a performing arts center. Without us flowing in to the apostolic church of equipping people in the word, equipping people in worship, equipping people to go out and to reach and to share, it will become a performing arts center where we hold signs saying you look good, but we never share that message with anybody else except when we're holding a sign. And we're an usher to where we're welcoming people, but that's the only time we welcome people. And we have a song, but we never have a song at home. And we teach the Word here, but we never teach the Word anywhere else. And we share with people here, but we never share with people anywhere else. So when this is happening, this is a performing arts center instead of an apostolic church. I believe that the Spirit is wanting to activate us in a way that we say, this place is not going to be a performing arts center. This is not about us being a performing arts center. This is not about a form of apostolic Halloween where we put on a mask and we come and become somebody totally different than we are the other six days. This is a place we need spirit activation where we realize who we are, what God has put in us, what God wants to do through us, and what God intends this campus to be. I'm talking about spirit activation to where souls are more important than sports. I'm talking about spirit activation to where we intentionally submit our personal preferences to the working of the spirit and the unity of the local body. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being spirit activated to where the pastor is Acts 6 4 positioned. Where we expect the pastor. Some of you may be wanting to shoot me right now. I just hope you don't have a gun. An apostolic church is never going to be an apostolic church truly until the pastor is Acts 6-4 positioned. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. 
That's not the way it is in the apostolic church now. Now there's a long list of the expectation of the pastor. Now it's we will give ourselves continually to every graduation party, every graduation event, every hospital call, every text within five minutes or we'll offend somebody, every phone call, every this, everything somebody brings. And so what's happening is is senior pastors are being pulled away from prayer and the ministry of the word by non-biblical expectations of the church and the struggle is on and then our leaders are now being eaten alive bite by bite day at a time we've got to have spiritual activation to where we look at these non biblical expectations and we say no longer that's that's not how we're going to operate we're going to be more than just in name an apostolic church we're going to actually be an apostolic church by culture because values determine culture and so if we'll have apostolic values, we will see an apostolic culture created. And it starts by a man leading the church that is Acts 6, 4 positioned. Now, whoever I've offended right there, or whoever's a little turned back, would you, would you just please take three days, go back and study Acts 6, Pray about it and then see if anything I just said has any merit at all. We've got to have spiritual activation to where every elder, and I will say 60 plus, and I can now include myself in that, realizes that the word is reposition. It's not retirement. You won't find it in the Bible. And, and one problem we're having is we're looking at the, here we go again, let's elevate to kingdoms. We're looking at the laws of the kingdom of this world, and so we're taking the kingdom of God and dragging it under the kingdoms of this world. And so there are things that I hear elders saying in churches, I've paid my dues. I've paid my dues. Really? Uh, you've, you've paid your dues. Let me tell you where that statement came from. Hell. That's where that statement came from. That is a satanic statement that is divinely designed to keep a generation of people in the apostolic church when they're at a time in their life when they should have more power, when they should have more faith, when they should be praying prayers that are, that are shaking demons, when they have the ability to look at young people and say, you hang in there. I'm going to speak a word of faith over you right now. You can make it. Yes, you can. You don't have to fall. But no, no, the elders aren't doing that because they've been convinced that they're in retirement. That one revelation would change the apostolic church.
For elders to realize, I might not be able to run as fast as I used to be able to run. And I might not be able to do all the things in the flesh that I used to do. But I'll tell you what all that taught me. All that taught me what really matters. And if any young person will listen to me, I I won't be an old negative codger that's always spewing negativism into my family and then into the body of Christ, I will be an elder that will look in people's face and say, hey, I didn't do everything right. And if I could push rewind in my life, there'd be things I'd do different. But let me tell you what wisdom is telling me right now. God is God, and there is nothing that he can't handle. And I remember the time that my back was against the wall. I remember the time that I didn't know what we were going to do. I remember the time we couldn't pay our bills, and God came through. And if we can get the elders in the apostolic church to be spiritually active and wake up and stand up and create a a power of prayer over our churches. If we can get our elders coming in to the church and speaking life. I mean, this building's called New Life, so why don't we do it? Why don't we live up to what we're called? This is New Life. Let's speak life, not death. I used to tell elders, I used to tell elders in our church, and I'm hurrying. I used to tell elders in our church, would you please not die until you do? Would you please not kick back till you kick the bucket? I had one elder one time, we were trying to do some things for some elders, and some of them didn't come, and I was telling them, I said, why didn't you come? And they they said, oh, we don't get anything out of that. I said, have you ever thought you could add something to it? I mean... Come on, in this church business, it's not just what we can get from it. It's not just what we can get. It's not just, I like that, I don't like that. So what, what we like? I've worshipped to so many songs I didn't like, I can't even tell you how many songs I've worshipped to that I didn't like. I can't even tell you the things I've been a part of that didn't fit my personal preference. But do you know why I'm in it? Do you know why I'm pushing it? Because I've got my eyes above the local church and I'm focused on the kingdom and the kingdoms are in conflict and God knows he's needing people that can be spiritually activated to where we can look up above it. I'm hurrying. But I hope you're getting it. And I feel that there are some key people in this church that are getting it. we got to be spirit activated to where the home is guided by the word. And it's operating in divine order. And divine order abuses no one. And the only time we ever need counsel from the church is huge answers. It's not these little piddly things that we immediately call 1-800-LEADER, 1-800-PASTOR, 1-800-SOMEBODY-ELSE. We actually grow up to where it's like, I've got an issue. The concordance in the Bible is your friend. Look it up in the Bible. Get scripture. Call a family fast day. At At least the couple fast. At least pray and fast before you set an appointment. I'm not talking about new converts. 
It's not new converts that are holding the apostolic church back. It's veterans. It's the veterans that are holding us back. It's the veterans that they know they ought to be in prayer. They know they ought to be in the Word. They know they ought to be on meat, but they're choosing milk. They know that. And we've got to step in and get a spirit activation to where we say, we're going to live thy kingdom and not my kingdom. Talking about activate and I'm about done. But I'm telling you right now, I'm for education, I'm for learning, I'm for classes. You folks got the education thing right around here, got that. But I'm speaking to some people right now, you don't need one more class. You don't need not, not one more change of life stage. You, you, you don't need one more podcast. You don't need one more message from Pastor Shaw. You don't need one more nothing to activate. We could literally go this afternoon and it would absolutely be amazing what could be accomplished in this entire region if we would all go and just activate what we have in our hand right now. Well, no, I, I, you know, I can't do that. Somebody may ask a question that, that I don't know. Well, let me give you a great revelation. You just look at somebody and say, you know what, I don't know that answer, but I'll find it. I'll tell you what you can do right now if you've never given your heart to God. Do you, do you know that you are in the best position ever right now, right now, to give your heart to God? Do you know you're in the best position to repent of your sins? Do you know you're in the best position ever to be baptized in the name of the King? That's, that's that kingdom birth business, being born by spirit and water into the kingdom where we, we turn from the kingdoms of this world to the kingdoms of God. We're baptized in the name of the king, which is Jesus, and we start speaking the king's language. And here you are. Here you are. I don't know how many hunters we have in here. Are y'all even allowed to hunt now in, in the... Austin area with I've never been much of a hunter at all I was 12 years old went and shot a squirrel looked down and it was flopping around I thought why did I do that and I left and I hadn't been hunting since so <laughs> is what it is I, I know enough about this. When I walk in, these, these men they in these offices or whatever, and they got these big bucks hanging, you know, on the wall and, and all that business. I know what they didn't do. They didn't go, ready, aim, 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 clean the gun, aim, take the gun back home. Put it in the gum cabinet, get the Windex, clean the gun cabinet glass, get the gun, go back out, aim, aim. And God knows that many in the apostolic church, we're just aiming. I aim to pray more. I, I aim to be 
more into it. I, I aim to reach more. I, I aim. And, and what happens is, is we come to church and the Spirit of God gets moving. And what do we start doing? We start adjusting our aim because the Spirit is saying, come on, let's get this right. And then we leave and we just keep aiming. And at some point, it's like you, you got to pull that trigger. At some point, how much, how much more do we need to learn before we start being spirit-led? How many more sermons do we need to hear? How many more classes do we need to go to? How many more people do we need to encourage us? How many more group hugs do we need? How much more do we need before we just say, I'm going to activate? Because there's a lot at stake. I'm going to lose my sons. We're going to lose the next generation. I, we're, we're going to lose what we've got. We've, we've got to activate. So as we stand together, the, the altar call is very simple. It's very simple. I don't know if you need, to, you need to activate to where you're giving your heart to God. I don't know if you need to activate to where you say, okay, today is the day. I will be baptized in the name of Jesus. We're ready for you. And it's not for church membership. It's for the remission of sins. It's part of birth into the kingdom. And so there are probably people here today that it's like you need to make that decision. How many more, how many more scriptures do you need to read? about baptism in order to make that step to have your sins remitted. There are people that you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You, you need that. And then God knows there are so many people that we need to just say, going to be here for the next service, going to be here for the next class, going to be, yes, because I need to keep learning, I need to keep learning. But I'm done, I'm done, I'm finished waiting. I'm going to activate what I already have right now. If there's anybody in this congregation that any of that fits, would you just step out and come and walk to the front, and we're, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and we're going to pray, and the Spirit of God is going to work in the lives of people that will open themselves up to what the Spirit is saying today. Come as close as you can, please. I know it was abrasive today, but we, we've just, we've got to get past this. We've got to get past this. As an apostolic church, we've got to get past this. Move, move, move close, please. Thank you. Thank, thank. Keep coming. Just keep coming. You're never, please hear me. This campus is important. What happens on this campus is important. But you'll never be fulfilled by just having connection on this campus. Never. 
Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Where was he? He wasn't in the temple. He wasn't in the synagogue. He was in the field. He wasn't in the barn. He was in the field. Those of you who have walked forward, can we just close our eyes and bow our head? Those of you still standing in the seats, if you'd stretch your hand toward these people. Can we just position ourselves right now and can we just ask God to forgive us of anything that is blocking us? Right now, can, can we all, can we just ask God? This is not some New Year's resolution approach where we're going to try to figure out a way to do some things on our own. This is not under our power. Let's position ourselves right now. Let's ask God. Father, anything in our lives that is wrong, anything, anything, God, anything that we have that is between us and you, God, we're asking you to forgive us. Forgive us, God. We know you love us, but we're asking right now for your mercy, for your forgiveness. Cleanse us of unrighteousness. Your word says if we'll confess it. And your word also says if we'll confess it and forsake it. But God, we don't have the power within our... We can confess it under our own power. But, but we can't forsake it under our own power. But you tell us to confess it, and that's what we're doing right now. God, hobbies that we have in our lives that are above you. Time wasters that are above you. The way we're wasting resources that you've given us, that we put that above the kingdom. We surrender, God, our preferences. God, our preferences. Forgive us of any personal preference we have that, that, is, that, that is not moving the kingdom forward, that is, that is not in, in the vein of the kingdom. Forgive us, God. We position ourselves, oh God. Cleanse our heart. God, we're opening every door. We're opening every door. There's no secret compartments in our heart right now. We're laying it open before you. Let the light of the Spirit shine through our hearts. God, I'm praying for people right now that are struggling in, in their spirit. I'm praying right now for people that are in war within themselves right now, that they want to pray this prayer, but they're held back from praying this prayer. I pray now, God, give them the power. Let them feel your power. Let, let them have a surge of faith that they put their faith in you to be able to move forward with what you're saying. If you feel like you have, you have poured your heart out to God right now, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven? And as the, as the scripture says all over this sanctuary, why don't you lift your hands to heaven? And as the scripture says, come boldly. Come, come boldly. Come boldly right now. And when you, as you feel the Spirit speaking to you about the area you need to activate, don't question it. Come boldly asking for grace. Come, come boldly claiming that power. Turn this entire sanctuary into a prayer room right now.
from the front to the back. Lives are being changed right now. Focuses are being changed. 